Boys and girls, thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. It is the middle of hunting season, and we could not be more excited to bring you this show. This show is brought to you by the one that started it all, Dive Bomb Industries. It is time for you to get skinny, ditch those full bodies, because silhouettes are the way to go now. Keeps your trailer nice and organized all season long. They've got floaters out now. Uh, so if you're if you're hunting those big bodies of water, small creek beds, whatever, uh, they got floaters out for you. All of the uh, silhouettes, the socks, they are world class, and you don't have to have a ton of trailer space to store these things anymore. So Dive Bomb Industries is the way to go. Head over there right now. Get whatever you're going to need for this waterfowl season. It is here. It is time. So get after it. We're also brought to you by Pacific Calls. My absolute favorite is the BA Lesser Call, the 530 Speckle Belly Call, and the PCD Duck Call. And they just released a brand new duck call called The Judge. Sold out. Sold out. It's gone. Matter of minutes. So you miss that. Man, but named after yours truly. They did say that if this went over well, there might be some more. So fret no more. Head over to PacificCustomCalls.com. Whatever you're chasing, ducks, geese, cranes, they've got it all. Uh, every call that they make is made right there in Post Falls, Idaho. They make great calls. They're great individuals. Uh, could not be happier than to be associated with them. So whatever you're chasing, PacificCustomCalls.com has got something for you. Head over there right now. Also, we're brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. The War Chief is out now, and it is a buffered shotgun shell. We shot it up in Canada, both trips, and I can definitely tell a difference in the way that we were getting our bird. BossShotShells.com, everything is made in America. That is their slogan. That is what they live by, made in America. And they are great people. BossShotShells.com would make a great little present under the Christmas tree for when that hunter of yours sees all the gifts laid out on Christmas morning. We're also brought to you by Shin Gear. They are not just a waiter company anymore. They are a full-blown waterfowl apparel company. Everything that they make is phenomenal. I have torture-tested the bibs. They stood up to everything that I did. They've got new jackets out, vests. I'm telling you what, everything that they have done has been perfect. There's not a single product from Shin Gear that I have been disappointed in. The jackets, the waders, the bibs, the vest, it's all great stuff. And the best part is they all come in solids. I'm a big solid guy. I don't like a lot of camouflage. So Shin Gear has catered to that kind of old school vibe. They're great stuff. ShinGear.com, whatever you're looking for, jackets, bibs, it's all great. So head over to ShinGear.com. You won't regret it. We're also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Into the Vault is live now. You can start bidding on whatever it is. Christmas is coming up. You got that waterfowl hunter or that outdoorsman in your family. There's a lot of good stuff on there that is priced very, very well. Everybody can uh, take part in this auction. Into the Vault, head over to ducks.org and just follow the links and it'll take you... Uh, right to the into the vault auction it's the biggest auction of the year even if you're not going to buy anything head over there and look there's so much cool history there's so many cool items that are that are for auction even if you're not going to bid i mean it's cool to just see what all is out there there's guns there's decoys there's paintings trips. there's trips 
And it all goes into conservation. They put their money where their mouth is, and they are the reason that ducks are in the sky. So head over to the end of the vault auction, take a look around, make a couple bids. Never know, you might win. We're also brought to you by Double T British Kennels. Corey has got some of the best labs that are out there right now. The best hunting dogs, the best family dogs are coming from Corey's kennel. Double T British Kennels. We hunt over, we hunt over them out here at the Big Honker Lodge and their sweethearts. They're sweethearts in the home, and they are absolute monsters in the field. Cannot say enough good things about Corey. He's, he's turning out some world-class dogs right now. So head over to BritLabs.com and see what you need. You can get puppies, started dogs, finished dogs, whatever you need. Corey can help you out. BritLabs.com. Also, we're brought to you by the Looking Glass Podcast. Logan and Rebel put on a hell of a show. They're all uh, they're hilarious, the two of them. Their podcasts run long, so if you've got that long, grueling road trip ahead, uh, turn on the boys up there in Missouri. Head over to their Patreon account, a couple bucks a month, and you have their entire library. They do a bourbon review. If you're a bourbon lover, uh, you can listen to them, maybe find a, a hidden bottle that maybe you've never heard of before that you want to try. Or maybe you've been wanting to try bourbon for a long time, and you're just like, do I really want to spend the money? They do a great job of breaking everything down. And they're hilarious. So check them out. Looking Glass Podcast. Go over to their Patreon. Type in Looking Glass Podcast. You'll find them. We're also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. It is how I start my morning every single day out here at the Big Honker Lodge. 3.15 comes early and Dirty Duck Coffee keeps me caffeinated. The Missouri Boat Ride Blend. It's how we start our day out here every single day. And they've got a cold brew. I know it's winter time, but it's a great little afternoon pick-me-up. Have a little cold brew coffee on my scouting trips. Uh, they've got great looking swag, hoodies, shirts, caps, whatever you need to look cool at the duck camp. They've got it. So head over to dirtyduckcoffee.com. If you're a pure caffeine junkie, they've got a high velocity. They've got a dark roast. They've got all sorts of good stuff. Dirtyduckcoffee.com, and you can get a, uh, a six-pack. Right now, it's on sale, $84.99 for a full-limit six-duck special right to your door. Another good little stocking stuffer. We're also brought to you by Hemp Hill Farm. Let me tell you what. I've got an old dog. Patrick at Hemp Hill Farm has a CBD pet blend, and it has totally uh, rejuvenated Lou. He's 10 years old, joints are aching, you know, the, the typical thing. And he's also been a bit of a whiner during the, uh, whenever, whenever we're getting the hunts going. CBD has totally taken the whining out. It would usually take us five birds, five retrieves or so to kind of get him settled in. Now he is locked in. He's focused. He's ready to go. His joints are no longer aching. The pet CBD has been a game changer for him. Jeff takes the gummies every single night. Sleep like a baby. It's good for your aching joints, and uh, they've got a promo. BHP saves you 20% at checkout, and I actually think that they have a Black Friday sale going on all week. So head over to Hemp Hill Farm. That is farm with a PH, hemphillfarm.com, and you can get whatever you need. It'll ship straight to you, and if it's your first time ordering, you can save 30%. Also, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck, maker of the 2x4 blind, and... A brand new spinner. They've they've redesigned their spinner. Can't tell you how many times I've been out goose hunting. Got got ducks in the area, so you put, so you put a spinner out. Turn your spinner on, and it stops white side up. No more will that happen with the Lucky Duck 
XHDI. They figured out a way to get the white to always stop on the bottom, displaying the black on top. So it's removing all excuses to us goose hunters to put a to put a spinner out there. Uh, they've got five star crash test rated kennels. They've got a snow goose rotary. They've even got a brand new ice axe. It will remove ice from your water hole. No more fru- no more frozen water. No more freezing up the. No more freezing up your ice and running your ducks off. So they're great people over at Lucky Duck, constantly innovating. Go check them out at LuckyDuck.com. Also, we're brought to you by Mossberg. Don't be sleeping on the, on the Waterfowl 940. It's what I shoot, and it is a great gun. Uh, it handles everything that we have out here. The 940, it's a beast. This is our second year running it, and uh, it's, it's, it's handled it well. So if you see a Mossberg, if you're at a big box store, Cabela's Bass Pro, you see a Mossberg in the, in the back, put it to your shoulder. That's at Mossberg.com. We're also brought to you by Alpha Outdoor Specialties, maker of the Stanfield Stool and the brand new Blind Caddy. So used to, we'd sit in A-frames on buckets and your back would hurt. And then your butt would hurt towards the end of the year. Get the old bucket butt. No more Alpha Outdoor Specialties, the Stanfield Stool going to take care of my back all season long. And the blind caddy is going to keep me organized while I'm in the blind. Got a place to put my coffee now, shotgun shells. That is at Alpha Outdoor Specialties. We're also brought to you by MLR Graphics. If you need shirts made up, they're, they're the ones that make up all of our swag. Get a hold of Michael Russell at MLR Graphics. Caps, sweatshirts, whatever you need to do, they can do it. They can order it to you. Mugs, anything with Yukon, they can get to you. Good company. We buy all of our stuff from them. They do a great job. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. We've got a couple hunts left here in uh, December coming up. Maybe you're looking for a last-minute gift idea. Give us a call, 940-658-3172. Ask for Jeff. Send us an email, goose at westtext.net. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Jennifer Roberts. She uh, runs a crisis nursery in Oklahoma City. And I'm telling you what, she is doing the Lord's work here. Um, Christmas time's coming up, and they're rounding up uh, gifts for a lot of these kids. So, um, yeah, great podcast, and uh, help out wherever you can. It's time of year. We need to help each other. Here she is, Jennifer Roberts. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. I'm Jeff Stanfield with the world famous Andy Shaver. The War Chief is nothing to fool with. It's best, best. Go best. get it right now. Be a great uh, under the tree present. Yep. If you're looking for a gift for your other half, husband, kid, whatever, go to BossShotShells.com and order him some War Chief. With us today from Oklahoma City, Miss Jennifer Roberts. Jennifer, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? We're doing good. So you're the founder of the Crisis Nursery in OKC, right? Correct. And what is the goal of the Crisis Nursery? 
Yeah, and we prevent abuse and neglect in kids. Uh, we provide a safe place for them to go when their parents are experiencing a crisis situation. So I'm a dealing with you. I'm assuming you deal with a bunch of heartache in your life and heartbreak. Just a little bit. <laughs> well, a lot of good too, though. Uh, the good outweighs the bad for sure. How do you like? How do you manage everything? Like with, with as far you know, because. <laughs> Uh, my mom would uh, just bring all these kids home uh, at the end of the day is what would end up happening. So like, how do you, how do you fight that urge? I, uh, I definitely want to take all of them home. Every one of them, we get attached to every single, especially the babies. They're so sweet. Um, but I, I've actually fostered one little girl and, and I'm, they're actually bringing another little one today that I'm going to be fostering for about six months or so. Um, I don't typically do that. Um, but, um, I, I made sure I didn't have my foster license kind of active because of that. Um, but yeah, most of the families we do help, um, it is parents trying, like they're really trying. And so we don't see that a whole lot. Thank goodness. So <laughs> yeah. like a hospital gets a, I'm, I'm going to go to both extremes here. I'm going to say a yeah. there's a car accident and there's a baby in the, the seat and the mom's hurt bad. You take in kids in that situation. Is that one of the situations that y'all do? We have, yeah, um, as long as, you know, like the kids are okay. We we do get the calls for, like, if a mom's in a car wreck and her kids are at daycare and she can't go pick them up. And so we actually had a mom, she passed away. So that one was pretty tough. Uh, we went and picked up the kids, and the little boy was my son's age, so that one was really tough. Um, that one still hurts a little bit. Um, but, yeah, we typically, um, you know, just get those calls whenever they don't have anybody else to go and, you know, watch their kids. And that's the main goal is, like, that way they don't have to drop them off with the neighbor or the boyfriend. Um, so that's kind of the goal behind this. So you had to go pick up two kids who's at a daycare whose mom was killed in an accident and they had no one else to go to? Correct. Oh, yeah, she didn't have any family here. It was a domestic violence situation. So all of his family is was from out of state. And so her mom actually had never met the kids. Uh, it was a really weird deal. Uh, so she came from New Mexico. And so I actually kept them until she came and were awkward because she had never met the kids. The kids didn't know the mom mm. passed away. And so I just sat here with them until she got here. And it just, that one hurt so bad <laughs> whenever they left. So, um, yeah, like I said, that he was my son's age. That what do you tell bad. them while they're sitting in your house? Uh, mom was in an accident. They knew that. Um, she luckily did not tell them when she was here. And thank goodness. Uh, so I didn't have to kind of see that. But I just, we just love them. That's the thing. There's like a bubble around this house. And we just, we have fun. We don't tell the kids no. Uh, if they want to jump on the couch, they jump on the couch, whatever. We'll get yeah. another one. So that's that's kind of the fun <clears throat> fun thing about this is we're like the fun aunt or the fun grandma. Um, the house that you love to go so to. That was one side. I guess another side is, Mm -hmm. You get a call for a meth overdose or some strung out junkie and you get their kids too, right? No, typically we don't get those. DHS so, gets those. Um, now we, in the beginning stages, we kind of helped, you know, with DHS um, and we kind of scaled back a little bit on that because I didn't want this to be a place where kids remembered like leaving their siblings. They were kind of splitting siblings up and I didn't like that. I don't want this to be a place where they remember like a bad memory. And so we don't really do a whole lot of that. So DHS gets those kids. I feel sorry for those kids. They fall through the cracks. It's not their fault, but 100%. But, you know, they go from you, you, you see these crack houses get raided. I don't even know if you call it a crack house, just a house with a bunch yeah. of dope heads in it. And there's little kids there. And those kids are the victims. And yeah. I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm assuming it's a very high percentage that those kids end up in the same position their parents are in. Absolutely. Yeah. And typically they'll go back to the parents. You know, they that's always the goal is reunification, which I'm, you know, all for if the parents are changing their life and trying. Um, but 
a lot of times, yeah, they just go down the same road because there's no, they, they don't know how to break the cycle. So wh- when did all this start for you? Like, when did you go on this path of uh, helping kids? Yeah, I have always loved kids. I've always been called Mother Hubbard. I always have like extra kids around me. It's really weird. I love kids. They don't um, annoy me at all. And I don't get stressed. It's really weird. Um, I can have a baby crying and I can hold a conversation. It doesn't affect me at all. Um, so I have always loved the outreach programs at our church and kind of, you know, took off with that. And they'd always send me to the areas where it was really scary and nobody wanted to get out of their car. And I'm like walking around, you know, knocking on doors, picking up kids, taking them to the community center so we can you know, have cupcakes. So, um, I'm, I'm not afraid, um, to go into areas. I, I totally fit in. I was joke. I'm like, <laughs> I totally fit in there. Um, uh, but I know I don't, but they also, they sense, you know, like I'm not afraid and I'm not like, I don't I'm, act like I'm better than anybody. And so, uh, we've gotten to like, we went to this hotel. They actually just shut this hotel down. Thank goodness the plaza in. Um, and I had my son's girlfriend, she's a cute little blonde and I'm like, don't make eye contact. Just look straight ahead. <laughs> just don't get out of the car. If they get me, you just drive off. Do not get out of the car. And so we do go into situations like that. And and the pimp, it was funny because there's a pimp literally in this car next to us. And he sees me getting these diapers out. I was just taking diapers. I wasn't even picking up kids. I was actually trying to see if the baby was okay uh, because I knew the mom was prostituting out of her hotel room. And so I was just like kind of, I, I kind of go undercover, you know, a little bit. And I'm like, okay, I just want to make sure the baby's okay. So I told her I had some diapers and some formula. So I'm bringing them to her. And this pimp is like helping me get this stuff out of the car. And I happen to have a snack box in there. And I'm like, are you hungry? And he's like, I stay hungry, girl. <laughs> and so it's like, I just, I joke with him, you know, like I'm, that was funny to me, you know, like he knows I'm yeah. not scared of him and I'm not there to hurt, you know, anything that he's doing. Um, and so they know that. So um, I'm not naive by any means, but at the same time, it's like, I'm here to help. And they know that. Um, so I'm kind of known around town, the black Tahoe pulling up, you know, super sketch <laughs> uh, with the windows tinted. That's me. Um, and so they, they kind of know, you know, that's, that's the nursery time. So shit, girl, so. you got to stay hungry in these streets. <laughs> so, I know, so, right? so you're, you're delivering formula <laughs> and diapers to kit to, to babies yes. just to, on yeah. the street, basically to homeless people and stuff like that. That's, that's, that's yeah. a hell of a calling out there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an amazing thing. Yeah, it's different. Yes. Not your everyday. We have such a problem with kids today. I went to my grandkids' yeah. Christmas deal the other day, Christmas concert the other night, and I noticed on stage I was watching all the kids and stuff, and, and we have so many kids that have, I don't know, I'm trying not to hurt nobody's feelings because I'm not trying to, but not just special <laughs> needs kids, but we just got a lot of kids yeah. that have behavioral problems. And, yeah. and it's getting worse and worse. And it's got to be a man-made crisis because a, ki- mm-hmm. a kid's, mm-hmm. a baby's a baby. A five-year-old kid's the same five-year-old kid they had in 1940 and 1850 and whatever. But these kids have all got, yeah. every every class had one or two kids that have some major problems. And I, and mm-hmm. I, I, Well, it's the lack of man being around <laughs> is what it is. And to be honest, I mean, that's typically what we see. They don't have a father in, or a father figure in their life. Uh, it makes a big difference. I think uh, <clears throat> I'll have to look it up, but <clears throat> that is one of the single greatest predictors in a young man's life is if, if he's going to be broke or a criminal is, is there mm-hmm. a father figure? Mm-hmm. I've been broke so, most of my life. Yeah. So was, what was that from? But you're not a criminal. <laughs> no, I've never stole nothing. Probably have some money if I was stealing shit. <laughs> but I mean, I, you just, you notice kids today and, and, and I and I talk about this on our podcast all the time, and I catch shit. I say, well, back when I was a kid, things were so much better, blah, blah. But when I was a kid, we didn't. you didn't have kids. You had a hyper kid. It was called just being a boy. 
And I think we have over-medicated yeah. the children of the world today. There's so much on medicine Absolutely. and they just don't know how to act. Mm -hmm. And and one of the problems I think, and in, in this, we need more spankings in the world too. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not agreeing with that because that's, <laughs> that, that's how I was raised, of course. Um, but yeah, it's just, they, they put a label on, okay, this is the problem child, you know, and I, I'm not one that sits still, but it, it benefits me because I'm all over the place and it's what I need to do. Um, and so it's like channeling your energy to something good. That's what, that's what they're lacking. Um, and they've never had anybody that just, that's the thing with this place is we, we have a child that comes in. I'm like, okay, I know I need to do this differently with them. Uh, versus, you know, this child's just going to sit there and play with Legos, you know, whatever. So you have to kind of like adjust it. And a lot of people don't know how to adjust that. Um, you just have to keep those kids busy is what it yeah. is. So what, what does it look like? Like, how do they, how do, how do kids, uh, I mean, how do you find kids to, to help or do they come yeah. to you? They come to us. Um, they typically it's word of mouth. Um, you know, social media has really helped us kind of take off. Um, we, Actually, we were supposed to take a year to get up and going. They, that's what they told us with licensing. We have to be licensed through the state as a child care provider. Um, at first, they told us we would be labeled as a shelter. And so uh, I was expecting about a year, but we opened our Facebook page up, and I just got flooded with all these messages and all these moms needing it. I mean, like literally day two, this mom was like, I'm having a baby tomorrow. I don't have anybody to watch my three-year-old. They're going to, he's, he's very hyper. Um, he was, he was, he was probably my most hyper child to date. And he was our very first one. But, um, you know, I, I just stayed up at the hospital with her. Um, it was crazy because the doctor actually left the room and I helped deliver the baby, which was so crazy. It was on Valentine's Day. Um, but yeah, that was before we opened um, in May of that year. So it just, it, it took off and it, it was a need. Um, when I say took off, it's not like a good thing because, you know, the support and stuff wasn't there yet. It was just, the need was there. So what happened? The doctor went out for a coffee and was like, hey, I'll be right back. Don't do, don't push. She kept telling him, she was very calm. I mean, most people are screaming and they're like, ah, you know, I'm having a baby. No, she was just very calm. She was like, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm kind of having a contraction. Can you call the nurse and see if they can get my epidural going? And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I'm, I'm working on my website. I hadn't made our website yet. So I'm just working on that sitting next year. And he fell asleep. Thank goodness. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm getting the nurse, you know, button, push the nurse. And she literally is like, oh my gosh, I think I'm having, and she's like pulling her leg back and she's having the baby right there. And I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? And so I literally caught the baby and, and just out she came and she was beautiful. And she helped me, like I helped her name the baby. Um, but the doctors came in that one of the nurses had a sucker in her mouth. She was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And so the anesthesiologist was walking in. Um, you know, and he's like, oh my gosh, well, I, I think I owe you actually, yeah. um, you helped have, you know, help the, help have the baby. So it was really crazy. I've never experienced that ever. She didn't even scream or anything. I mean, she was just like, yeah, I think I'm going to have her. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy. Not too long ago, Jeff and I were talking about, there were, you hear of women, I've heard of women that are like, oh, I didn't even know I was pregnant. And then I go to the toilet and there's a baby in yeah. there and it's like, I don't. Yeah. First of all, she would be one first of those. Of all, how do you not know? Not you're me. Pregnant? You knew I was pregnant immediately. Well, pregnant. I don't know how a woman yeah. she not, doesn't know she's pregnant. She has to be a thin, a, a big girl. Yes. You think a yeah. big girl can yeah. hide it a little better? Like if I was four months pregnant, nobody would know. Right. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know. Yeah. Typically, um, they are. So do is there a place or do they just literally come to your house? And it's not my house. Um, I get asked that a lot. Is this your house? I don't leave very often. Um, but yeah, it is. It's located in the house. And we did that because we want it to feel comfortable. I don't ever want it to feel like a daycare. Right. It always smells really good in here. We always have like really good candles and stuff. But I uh, want it to feel like home. And um, so when they get here, they're like, they, they literally, it's the craziest thing because they all run back to the playroom um, immediately. That's my neighbor knocking on the door. Sorry. She no, goes to the boundaries. Um, 
I, I texted her and told her not to, but um, she still came. Um, but yeah, they literally just go straight back to the playroom. It's almost like they just know, like, okay, that's what the toys are. And they just, and then their parents are like, okay, I guess I can leave now. Like they just feel comfortable. And that's one of the want. things I read that you, that you do is, is you've got like a hundred families that you supply diapers and formula for. How does, how does a, for, for everybody that listens to this knows I've, I'm big time against a lot of government involvement in giving people money, money, but I'm really big yes. on people helping people. So yes, how do you, how do you, does anybody get turned down for diapers and formulas? No. Um, well, I say that now we, I get to know like the families really well and I know the ones that try to sell them on marketplace and stuff. So I do, I call them out. Um, I've been called a lot of names racist and, you know, they, they say stuff to me and whatever. I don't care. Um, but, you know, like at the end of the day, like don't sell our diapers. I'll give you a stroller that, we, you know, nobody needs. If you're going to sell something, let me give you one of my sweatshirts or something, you know, like don't don't sell the diapers because that's people's hard earned money. And um, so I do take that. I take offense to that. Um, and so I do. I, I, you know, of course, they'll give us a different name. And we don't really have like requirements as far as like ID. Um, they don't have to show ID. Um things like that. So I don't care if their name is how like was this one girl last week, it was real D queen as was her Facebook name. And that's what I put on her diapers. So we don't really care. Um, it's if you need it for your babies, See, I, I, that would make me matter in hell. If, if someone came to my, <laughs> my center to yeah. try to help them and they were selling shit behind my back, that would, I, that would, Oh, I would, I would have a stroke yeah. over that. I've learned a lot of like great, you know, I, I, in the very beginning stages of this, I, I spoke my mind on social media and then I got murdered for, it. I mean, it was just awful. It was just, People were attacking me. It was really bad. So I learned really, really quickly to like bite my tongue and kind of the proper way to respond. And then sometimes if I can't, then I just have one of my friends. Um, you know, we have a lot of volunteers that kind of help with that. And I'm like, you got to take that one over because I'm going to say something. Um, so yeah, this has taught me like a lot of just a lot of Does Procter sure. and Gamble, do they give y'all stuff or is it all through donations? All through donations. Yeah, all um, community uh, support. We have a grant that we're actually going to get um, starting the first of the year. Um, it's kind of through the state, but and it's, it's filtered through another organization. But uh, we'll actually get reimbursed for diapers and things, but we can use it for anything. Um, so it's just kind of like a, a pregnancy support um, kind of, um, you know, it really just keeping the babies alive is what it's for. Um, it's, it's supporting the babies that are here. So um, we're really excited about that because we'll be able to use that money to, you know, help more families um, and not have to rely so much on the community. Well, I know Christmas is hard on a lot of single parents and it's all, it's hard on just mm -hmm. a lot of parents in general. And I, yeah. I, the other day you were unloading bicycles. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. And this morning, uh, my favorite thing right now. Um, yeah, we, so what we did the first year in 2019, uh, we, it was, I think three or four days before Christmas, uh, we saw on Facebook, this thread of these parents that didn't have anything for their kids. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe we can, you know, gather up some gifts and, and help them, you know? And so we did, we helped, I think it was like 200 families that first year. Um, within a matter of days, I, I posted on Facebook and said, Hey, we need help. And people sent gifts from all over, you know, the United States. It was really cool. And um, we filled up the entire house. It was just like toys everywhere. And then we, you know, set them out for the families and stuff. So um, it's definitely grown from that. But I don't know who that is knocking on the Look door. The Sorry. Um, they keep knocking. But yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, we just we want to help, um, you know, provide that that support for them. Um, but we're basically gifting them like a memory is what we're doing. We're not 
um, just giving them gifts. We're not giving them wrapped gifts. We're giving them gifts that they can actually wrap themselves and then they can, you know, do everything as if they went and bought them themselves. So um, it really gives them that dignity. It's, it's way different than most. We do not want the kids here whenever they pick up the gifts, which I love because, um, you know, it's awkward, yeah. you know, like, hey, these strangers are giving you a gift way before Christmas. And so it's that's not what it's about. You know, we want to help support the family. So um, we give them wrapping paper, scissors, tape, um, and a note from Santa and cookies. That's so. really very, very nice of you. What, what are y'all, what are y'all going to be on pretty much on par this year with what you need? Or are y'all about? <laughs> we are way behind. Uh, we actually, so last year, we've had it open kind of to the public and it just becomes pure chaos because, you know, these people that don't even have kids and we're trying to decipher, okay, do they even have kids? And so we said this year, you know, we're going to leave it just to the families that, you know, that we've helped before and that we know. And so we said we would help 500 families, which most families have, you know, four or five kids. So that's still over 2000 kids that we're going to help, which is a lot. And, uh, when I say that there's all these, there's toys for tots and all these different organizations that have, you know, helping with toys, but they're all, um, maxed out this year. And so everybody that signed up in October basically got chosen, which I think is weird, um, that they know in October that they're going to need help. But, um, so they're all, you know, declining all these families. So we're going to have probably double that at least 5,000 kids is what we're anticipating to wow. help in the next 5,000 so, kids. Yeah. So if any of our listeners yeah. wanted to donate to help you, how would they do that? Yeah, um, on our Facebook or our website, either one, we have, um, you know, our, our wish list. The Amazon wish list is kind of the easiest for everybody because you can go on there and shop, and we update that every day. Um, as toys come in, we're kind of, like, you know, adjusting it. Um, and you can give monetarily, and we have Face or uh, uh, Venmo, Cash App, uh, PayPal, um, you know, on our website and everything, you can donate that way. It's pretty easy to, to donate, even if it's five bucks, um, it goes a long way. Uh, we don't have any staff, so none of your money is going to any overhead. Um, you know, our main bills or our core bills, you know, are paid um, already. And so everything that comes in for the rest of the year is going to help these kids. Um, so uh, definitely, what's, we stretch what, it for sure. We go, what's we the Facebook shop. page? Uh, it's, it's under it's OK City Crisis Nursery. Uh, we also have an Instagram as well, but um, you can type in Crisis Nursery and it typically will pull up. OKC Crisis Nursery. Everybody uh, listening correct, here, yeah. I know I know they can use help there too. I also really really wish you would help your local stuff too, because every local town has mm-hmm. got people. You know, help 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 as many organizations as you can. But it's a tough time. I'd hate to be a parent this time of year and not be able to give your kid a gift. But what stinks is there's so many damn parents you just don't trust. You know, just like mm-hmm. selling crap. You give them something, and then they sell this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's so unfair to the kids. Well, it's not even that. It's like I, <clears throat> I can't. My kids are going to have a great Christmas, but I feel bad that my kids are going to have a good Christmas. You know what I mean? It's like because because there are so many kids, and um, you know, we all we haven't done it yet, but I think we're my oldest is in the third grade, and it's just like you know, just. I don't, you know, you want him to be excited about his gifts, but at the same time, you don't want that, you know, him go back to school in January and just talk about everything that he got. You feel sorry for the kid that don't get anything. In class. <clears throat> yeah, it's, yeah, and just like you know, just don't be an asshole about it. And he's not; he's got a really, really good heart. So I don't think that he would ever, you know, they don't yeah, mean to. yeah, you know. But it, it just, you know, yeah. kids talk like, "Hey, how was your Christmas? Oh, good. I got this, this, and this, and this." And you know, there's a lot of kids mm-hmm. that are, "Well, I just, I just got this." I got a pair of socks. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a pair mm-hmm. of pants, you yeah. know, something or a coat. Which that's on a lot of their lists, though. It's sad. Like, it's on a lot of the lists. Like, they just want clothes. Uh, they just want a toothbrush. Like, I, I, I played Santa me. Claus twice this year. I do every year in our little town. 
And what amazed me is the six-year-old kids want a freaking iPhone. Yeah. I mean, I need an iPhone. You know, you, some of the kids' parents don't even have jobs. How are your parents going to afford a $1,200 phone? And I feel bad for the parent because, but first of all, a six-year-old kid don't need no damn iPhone anyways. Mm -hmm. How are you going to pay that bill, kid? Yeah, but the, but I feel sorry for the kids. I used to not think, I, I grew up poor, and I went to an elementary in Wichita Falls. It was all poor kids. So we all had the same Christmases. We all got the same shit, you know. We weren't mixed up with some rich kids in our class that was getting, you know, brand new dirt bikes and crap. We we all got poor kid stuff. But I feel sorry for those kids, like those neighborhoods where they put in these stupid Section 8 apartments, and then they've got kids from upper upper middle class kids in there, and those kids are going skiing, and they're getting the newest PS5 and this, and this other kid lucky to get ramen noodles and a pair of socks for Christmas. And I feel so sorry for that kid. And living in a small town like we do, and Andy, Andy's my son and so my grandkids – they're going to have a good Christmas, but there's some kids in their, their in Reese's class that are not going to have good Christmases. But I hate for my grandkid not to get to enjoy Christmas because his parents bust their ass to give mm -hmm. him something because some other kid in there has got a dad or a mom. And some kids are just poor like I was. And there's some kids are that way because mm -hmm. their parents are selfish and don't do shit for their own kids. And I feel sorry for mm -hmm. them kids so yeah. much. It's it's. I agree. I agree 100%. Kids, kids mm -hmm. don't ask to be born into this crap that they get born into. Mm -hmm. I say that every day. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. It's our job, you know, here to, you know, help, you know, make that better. Um, so that's what we try to do, especially with the Christmas presents. You know, we give four or five, you know, really good presents. Um, and so that's what we try to do. Uh, I agree 100% with you. Um, you know, my kids are kind of at that point, you know, my nine-year-old, he really doesn't want anything for Christmas. I mean, he's like, well, give me some Roblox bucks, you know, whatever. He could care less. He really doesn't. And that's honestly just because he's been around this. I really do contribute that. Um, you know, his dad, they've got, you know, they're way better off than I am. And um, he has everything he wants, you know, he really does. And so this isn't really a time where he like looks forward to it. Honestly, he's just, it's just another day to him. So, which I'm so thankful for. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's tough. It's so tough on these kids when they go back to school. Yeah. And they've got, you know, they see their friends with these new, you know, $300 shoes and, you know, they're still got some with holes in them, you know, so it, it's tough. Um, absolutely. And kids are expensive nowadays. You used to be able to buy a toy yes, for $5 and yes. you just, you can't buy, I, I don't, I don't even know what, I don't even know what a kid would want if, if, if for $20. Can you even buy a gift under 20 bucks, Harley, these days? <laughs> No, I mean, if it's a girl, you can get like some makeup maybe, but yeah, um, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, each kid it's, it's around like 300 bucks is what I kind of like average that we, you know, kind of give them some of them a little bit more just depending on the age. But, um, I mean, that's like a you know pretty, pretty slim Christmas. How, how many, so. how many kids are you buying Christmas presents for 500 or 5,000? 5,000. Yeah. That's what we're anticipating. It probably will get a little bit more just because we've got a space that we, um, secured this morning actually. Um, and, and it has more room in it. So we're able to, you know, fit, accommodate more presents and stuff. And I've got a lot more help this year. So first year we did it, I think there was four of us. And then each year it's kind of grown to last year we had about 30 of us doing it. So, um, this year we're going to up that number for sure. So you're needing to raise a yeah. million dollars for Christmas. <laughs> you know, no big deal. In a couple of weeks it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's the dollar, but that. that's the dollar figure. You need a million to a million and a half dollars. Yeah to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, with that being said, like it can be a gift, you know, like it doesn't have to just be money. Like we're not asking, you know, people to just send money, um, which is great if you do, because we can stretch that. We don't have to pay taxes. You know, when we go to the store, we don't have to pay taxes on that. So, um, and the, the local stores here, they, they all know us target. She knows us like there's two people that know us by name there and they greet us at the door and they're like, Hey, um, 
So, you know, we make it, we make it stretch for sure. Ma- so imagine every city in the United States, how many kids that there are having people are having to do for Christmas for them. Yeah. You, I mean, this is just Oklahoma city. Lot. Yeah. That, yeah. And it's in Oklahoma city is what I would call a pretty uh, Oklahoma city. I think is one of the safest cities in the United States with a pretty good average middle-class family and incomes. You imagine a town like Chicago, South side of Chicago with all the ghettos they have, how many kids are going without. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's, it's sad. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I could make it there. <laughs> well, what you're doing is I want to t- definitely want to take them all home. <laughs> what you're doing is God's work. And, and it's not just the Christmas stuff. It's the stuff that's not Christmas that you do is amazing. Now, yeah, this is a year round for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Christmas. That's what everybody's like. Um, you know, can you, can you add that to your plate? I'm like, yeah. Uh, with COVID, whenever COVID hit, it was great because the Christmas actually prepared us for COVID. It really did that first year um, because we uh, we kind of learned to adapt and, you know, kind of figure out like, okay, how are we going to get to these families? Um, you know, a lot of them don't have cars. And so when COVID hit, we were like the mobile, like food, you know, we weren't afraid to go in the grocery stores. I had all these teens that it was funny because their parents were like, they're not coming home. They're going to just stay with you. And I'm like, cool, great. So they just stayed with me for months. Um, and so, we, you know, we were the ones that were going to the hospital and picking up the kids and, but our numbers went way down and the kids we, you know, watched and, and had in care. Um, and then also at the same time, whenever a mom would go into labor, like she couldn't bring her kids, whereas, you know, before you could. And so we would have these kids for like four or five days versus, you know, just usually up to 24 hours. So it kind of changed everything we did. Um, but which it was great because we didn't ever hire any staff. We still haven't. And um, we have to next year just because of the admin stuff and um, because it's too much, um, you know, correspondence with families and stuff. But um, at the same time, we like we rely on volunteers and it's it's a really good concept. And that's how all the other crisis nurseries are, are basically run, mostly by volunteers. So it's, it's kind of a unique thing. Um, whereas most people, you know, we have an, I always laugh. They're like, uh, can I meet you at your office? And I'm like, yeah, I'm in here, you know, in the living room with, uh, with my computer, you know, on a tote. Um, so it's just kind of like, you know, we just, we kind of adapt and we're, we're a mobile unit most of the time that Tahoe, I think there's like 160,000 miles on it now. Um, she's still going, she's, she's going to go for a while. Um, but we end up getting a trailer. Um, and so we, you know, we provided beds and all these things that we still do. I say we're not going to do that anymore. And I just did it yesterday and I'm, I address her too. Um, everybody knows I won't say no. And when it comes to a kid, if I go take this kid home and I'm seeing that there is not a bed in there for him to sleep on that night, he's, he's going to have a bed before he goes to bed. Um, so, um, we, we make sure of that. (laughs) So, yeah, it's hard not to get your, you know, heart attached to, you know, the situations. And again, it's not their fault. You know, the parents may have, you know, had bad choices. A lot of these moms, like the domestic violence, that's the main one that we help with now, especially, um, you know, there's domestic violence resources, but they're all kind of maxed out. And then they don't have like that personal, you know, touch. And uh, we had a mom recently that sent $500. It's so cool. Um, she sent $500 and she's one that we helped. And I actually went to I met her at the gas station. I pulled out some cash and gave it to her and um, got her kids some uh, golden chick. They want a golden chick. And so I went and got that. Uh, but most nonprofits, you can't do that, you know, like, and I gave that money to her for a hotel and um, because the shelters were full and I know that he was going to kill her um, if she went back. So, and we have that flexibility because the community, and it was so cool when I, when I did that because um, I have these, I always say like the God, you know, God's got it, but it's true. Um, I had just, you know, pulled the cash out and I think I got $400 out of the amount that I'd, I'd pulled because it was like for two weeks of the hotel. And uh, we got a, a donation like right after for the exact amount. Um, and so just a random donation. It was like a Saturday night, I think. It was just kind of random. Um, 
and they said for whatever is needed on the on the subject. So those moments are so cool, and it happens every single day. Um, you know, anytime I, I'm kind of like, we probably shouldn't do that because it's you know that's that's probably money we could use to help you know a lot of families with diapers and stuff. And then you know somebody just randomly sends us money, so it, it's just kind of reassurance that you know, hey, we're do, we're on the right track. Just keep doing what we're doing, and the money will come in. So. So what happened <clears throat> with this lady? She called you up and was like, "Hey, uh, I, I need, uh, I need, I got, I got to get out of here." Yeah, yeah. She she had nowhere to go. Um, so, and she actually ended up going into the shelter. Um, so you know, they eventually got her in. I um, you know, they only have space for so many families, and a lot of families too. Like the moms will kind of lie. I've noticed. You know, we're on the back end, so we kind of see everything. So a lot of moms will lie and say they have domestic violence situation because that's kind of like the best shelter out of, you know, most of them here, um, which they're not great. You know, none of them are great, but um, it, it is what it is. But she she called me after they went to the shelter and she was like, can we just come hang out? Because, you know, the kids, like the TV, like they didn't have a remote for the TV, which I thought was weird. I'm like, go to the store and get another one. Yeah. Um, but so they, they came here and, and the teenager, he took a nap on the couch. Um, but her kids just wanted to play. Like they just missed that like home environment. And she like cooked, you know, on the stove. And so um, that home environment is so important. And we're just really laid back here. You know, we have a lot of moms that leave from the hospital and they come get diapers and stuff. And they just come here and take a nap. And of course, we love it because we want to hold their babies. And um, we love that. That's, that's our, our thing here. Um, if you came in here, like you would see, there's no cribs. We don't keep cribs here. We have pack and plays if we need them to put the babies down for a minute, but um, we don't ever put babies down here. We always hold them. Um, so we always make sure if, if we're going to stay overnight, you know, if they're going to stay the night, um, that somebody's here, you know, around the clock to to hold those babies. And the, well, hold on a second. These, they're sleeping in your house? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, the parents don't typically oh. sleep here. Uh, they don't stay the night. Yeah, and um, they—I'm just saying—they just take a nap. Uh, but the kids do right. absolutely. Yeah. What's we, the uh, oldest kid that you'll let sleep in your house? <laughs> We—we've um, actually had—I guess she was 17. Um, she was actually pregnant, um, but she stayed here for a couple of days uh, while they were trying to find a placement for her for DHS. Um, she wasn't, you know, a trouble child. Like she just, you know, she kind of got in trouble at school or whatever. But she just had a rough life. It was sad. Um, but she. She'd recently lost her best friend to suicide, um, and she, just a really cool, really cool story with her, but um, she still keeps in touch with us on social media, um, so yeah, that's 17, I guess, would be the oldest that we've had, so. Are you worried about anybody, rob like, any of these kids robbing you or anything? <laughs> like, you do you put up no. your fine silverware? <laughs> we don't have any fine silverware here. Well, neither do uh, I, We don't but... do dinner parties here. Um, I mean, that's what I always say. Like, you know, if they want to break in here, um, I mean, the TV is kind of going out now. We gotta, I've had that TV in my house for a while, um, and then I, I hung it here. But, no, I mean, if they want to steal the TV, steal it. Um, you know, but they, we've never had any issues with that. We've had two different occasions over five years where people stole diapers that were set out for another family. That's all we've had. So, um, and it wasn't, I really truly believe it wasn't anybody that knew, like, who we were. I think it was just a random thing they were driving by oh. and, and saw them out there. Um, so yeah, we've never had any issues. That's, that's remarkable in itself. Um, yeah. during COVID, yeah. did you lose contact with a lot of people? Cause I know, uh, Wichita Falls, I'm on school board here in Knox city and, um, Wichita Falls report. I can't remember the exact number, but it was a big number of kids that just like evaporated. They were kind of in the mm -hmm. system and then COVID happened mm -hmm. and then like nobody heard from yep. these kids. Yeah. And um, that's whenever we kind of stepped up, um, you know, that's 
when we kind of, you know, keep in touch because they needed things like the parents needed things, uh, diapers and things. So we actually got to, you know, kind of check on them. And um, there were several times where I'd call DHS and, and I don't know if I'm calling DHS, it's pretty bad. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I try not to, I'm not saying like we're hiding out careful what I say, because people take it the wrong way. But, um, you know, there's, there's times where I'm like, Oh, that's, that's pretty, you know, sketch, whatever. But we try to help those parents, you know, I try to like lead by example and say, you know, like, Hey, you know, this is how I parent, you know, this is how, what I, what I typically say is this is what I've seen other people do. Cause I don't ever want to try to say like, you know, right. Oh, I'm a good parent. Cause I, nobody, nobody is a great parent and we try, you know, but we gotta, we, we're all learning. And, but it, it's one of those things I call DHS and I'm like, Hey, like, this is a bad situation. This baby is not, you know, going to make it. And we've had, we call it our quarterly rescue. <laughs> um, so we, we typically have like every quarter, like a baby or a child, but it's typically babies that we really have to kind of go above and beyond and keep them longer and kind of keep in touch with these moms. And, um, you know, it's not lying to them, but in a way we have to kind of like get down to their level. So I'm like, if you want to go be a stripper, go be a stripper, whatever, but bring your baby here. Don't, don't just leave them with a neighbor. Don't leave them with a boyfriend. That's typically what we see. Um, so we're trying to break that cycle. Um, I was raised by my, he's my stepdad, but I call him dad. He's, he's been my dad, you know, my whole life and really great man. Um, he was a coach, um, you know, for writer and as grown up, you know, I grew up on the baseball field. So I kind of grew up, you know, like with a boy, you know, mentality in a way, um, you know, nobody's going to hurt me. <laughs> um, if they do, he's going to be here. Um, and, and I always know that, you know, but, but a lot of girl, you know, females, they don't grow up with that. So they don't know. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that's like, you kind of try to give them that advice, you know, and try to like show them like, Hey, this is how I was raised and, and just keep in touch with them. Um, and so, you know, there's times where I'm like, Oh, just, I'm, I cringe. Cause I'm like, Oh, I read their Facebook post and I'm like, Oh, I just know they're going down the wrong path. And, but those are the ones that I kind of step in more with and, um, just say, hey, I'm I'm missing, you know, baby girl or baby boy, you know, I'm missing them. Can I come get them? Um, I got some cute outfits. Can I, you know, come get them? You know, just kind of like, you know, make it to where I'm not saying like, oh, I, I see that you're not doing well. Right. Um, and so those are ones that, you know, we but we built that relationship with them. And we want to, you know, help them at the end of the day. Like, we're not trying to take their kids from them. We're not trying to, you know, separate their families. We want to keep them together if we can. Um, and they know that. So... Yeah, a, a thought. I've I've got two boys, and mm-hmm. you know, being a dad is important for boys, but it is yeah. equally, if not more important, if you have daughters, because mm-hmm. they need to see how you're supposed to be treated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, don't put up with that mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, the man of the house, you know, like that's the rock. You know, right? And so, like, all these families, like you know, they the dynamics are so different. You've got like you know, kids being raised by the grandma who's also single and you know, the mom is in jail or she's, you know, in a rehab facility, you know, and it's just, it's tough, cut stuff. And to see that, you know, cause it's like, you want better for these kids. But at the end of the day, I truly do believe, you know, like they're better with their family, you know, but you know, at the same time, like, let's, let's try to break that, that curse, you know, like, let's try to like, you know, change it. Um, you know, most people, um, you know, my real dad committed suicide growing up, you know, I could have gone a different path and, um, you know, I, thank goodness I, you know, chose to, you know, let that, you know, better my life. And I try to help people. And I, I take that seriously. Whenever I see a, a person saying they want to commit suicide, I take that seriously. Cause I know what it's like, you know, to kind of pick up the pieces and wonder like, Oh, what would my life be, you know, with them? So, um, it does make you more sensitive to those situations, but I mean, I could have said, you know, Oh, poor me, you know, but I, I don't, you know? And so I feel like a lot of people use that as a crutch, like, Oh, I was raised this way. And I've, you know, I've, I've been abused, whatever the case is, and they use it, you know, as a crutch. And I don't, I don't believe in that. I think you should use that to, to better, you know, like the next generation and help other, other kids that are dealing with it. So. Did you, uh, how old were you when your dad committed suicide? Um, I was seven. Seven. 
So yeah, mm-hmm. that's a tough. Age. Yeah, but like I said, I I'm one of the you know the rare because I had that. Um, you know, the resilience factor. I've I've done a lot of research on this, like what makes, you know, a a person abuse, you know, what makes, you know, the drug use and all that. Um, And so um, my dad, you know, I called my dad was my stepdad, but he was in my life since I was two. Um, And so I had him and, and I, you know, grew up in church and, um, I, I truly believe, you know, being a small town, it, it definitely helps because you have a ton of support, you know, like you're, you, you grow up, you know, being at church on Sunday, you grow up with all those families. And um, so, I mean, that's, I, I, that's, truly what makes a difference if you have that in your life. So, and it doesn't have to be a father, you know, like it doesn't have to actually be your biological father no. or a stepfather or whatever. It could be, you know, just a friend's father, you know, like I just feel like that's so important for like a man to be in these kids' lives. It, it really makes a difference. Well, that's how young boys go, get into the gangs. I mean, they don't yeah. have the father figure at home and then, you know, they mm-hmm. look in their neighborhood and then there's the guy with, that's, you know, got something going on. It's not the best, but you know, he's at least got, you know, he's at least got a wad of cash Money and, you yeah. know, fast, yeah. it's a fast life, but that's who they gravitate to because there's nobody else. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's, mm-hmm. res- you know, there's nobody there. Dad's gone. That's and I mean, they're going to go to the next best thing and that's mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. Yep. Did you, uh, does anybody ever worry about you like narking on them? Like here, they're like, Oh, they ever think you're the cop pulling up in your Tahoe? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like I said, like you just I have to get out and just, you know, smile. I'm like, hey, like, you know, just pretend that, you know, I live there. Um, but yeah, there's there's times where they look at me and they're like, whatever. And, you know, I don't I don't feel like they were going to like rob me by any means, but I don't act naive. Um, but yeah, you just kind of like learn to like you just get in character kind of, I guess. Um, but at the end of the day, like my goal is to, you know, help that kid, you know, that I'm going there for, um, you know, when I was delivering the beds and stuff. And that was, you know, I'd pull up in the trailer, which is even more like, and then I'd get out and they're like, what's this girl getting out of this car? And I, I didn't know how to back up the dang thing when I first got it. It's not like a boat when you, I mean, I backed up mm-hmm. boats, but it's not the same. Um, and I hit the house and um, the first day we got it. But, um, you know, I usually just say like, hey, can you help me? I'm going to back up. Like, and I just kind of act like I need their help. And that usually, like that usually does the, the trick and it kind of like gets that uh, bond with them right away. So that's typically what I do. Um, if I see like, you know, a big guy and he's like just sitting outside um I pulled up to a house one time to pick up this little girl and um I knew it was domestic violence um but it was one of those like she had gotten away from the guy I, I want to preface with that because I don't ever go into a, a domestic violence situation right. ever I always call the cops I have to and I tell them that like I'm calling the cops because they usually have two to three patrol cars and they do that for a reason like they don't ever just go to a, a domestic violence call by themselves like so if the cops are going to have several cars I'm not ever going to go in by myself um, cause those go sideways really fast. Like those, those are not good situations. So, um, they will kill you for sure. But, um, whenever I, you know, go into these places, it's, um, you know, typically, um, you know, the, the, the gangs and stuff are, are really bad at these communities, these, um, housing, uh, the one I went to in particular that I, you know, that one I was talking about, um, it was kind of like Southwest Oklahoma city, kind of South of the, um, like downtown area. And so it's, it's definitely known for gangs and, um, it, it's really, really bad area. Um, it's definitely not a place where you'd want to, you know, be broken down on the side of the road. Um, because I mean, the, uh, to give you an idea, I can't deliver a pizza there. Whenever I have a family that doesn't have food and I try to have food delivered to them, the delivery drivers will not deliver there oh. because they've been stabbed. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so yeah. And you wouldn't think that was in Oklahoma. Um, but it is. And so but I pull up and there's the guy sitting on the porch with a gun, <laughs> And I'm like, are you serious right now? Is this really happening? And so it's just one of those moments. I'm like, I got to get this kid because I know like the mom was not doing well. She said she was suicidal. 
Um, it was one that like DHS was already involved in. And so it's not like I had to call DHS. Like they're the ones that called me and asked if I could help with this baby. I'm like, okay. So here I am. I'm like, okay, I just, I need you to protect me because <laughs> if this is the way I'm supposed to go down, this way I'm supposed to go down. And so I just kind of had like this bubble around me, I swear. And I'm like, hey, and I said her name and he's like, yeah, she's inside. And I walk right in get the baby and go back out. And so it's, it's crazy, but they know that's why I'm there, you know? So it's not, I'm not the bad guy. Um, so they know I'm there to help them. Oh. So, yeah, it's crazy. There's it's, no it's way really I'm walking, I'm going, I'm getting yeah. back in my car and I don't have that. I don't have that in me. Yeah, I mean, I know. I know. you know, I mean, yeah. at, at some point I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can help more people if I'm alive. I can help more people if I'm alive. If I die, the whole ship I sinks. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I always kind of check in with my friends or family. I'm like, okay, this right. is a totally sketch area and that I'm going to, I don't know these people. Usually like I know them, um, or I've messaged them, but, um, it's not anybody that's mad at me. I'll put it that way. Like they're all like, they're looking forward to me coming. And um, there's a lot of times where I go into these communities and they don't speak English and that's kind of hard. You know, I'm trying to use the app on my phone. And it was so funny because I'm telling this one lady that I, this isn't what we usually do. Like I don't usually deliver like formula and diapers. It's not our full time gig is what I was trying to tell her and convey to her. Cause she was kind of like demanding like, Hey, I need diapers now. And I was trying to explain to her, like, this isn't what we right. do. We typically watch babies yeah. and we can watch your baby anytime is what I was saying in the app. But my friend said, it sounded like I will take your baby. <laughs> and so, and so it's like, and she could tell she was just like, <laughs> like, you know, no. <laughs> no. And I'm like, that's not what I meant. Yeah. So I'm trying to learn Spanish in my free time because I need to know like fluently, like how to like say that like wording right. wise, like, you know, um, so that's one thing I'm working on. That's, that's one bad feedback that I got. <laughs> do you carry any sort of yeah. protection? Mace, pepper spray, I, bear spray, a gun? I do have mace. Um, so I can't really like carry the gun um, with children in the car, oh. um, but I can, you know, if they're not in the car, it's a really weird, um, you know, like it's a fine line because I don't want to have a gun around and then the child, you know, we can't have it, you know, accessible to the child, right. you know, obviously we have to have it, you know, in different, you know, things, but um, it, it is what it is. I mean, I have one, you know, with me whenever I'm going into like a delivery situation, but if I'm picking up a kid, I, I typically don't. Um, so yeah, but mace all the time, right? Mace, you can yeah. do mace all the time. Yeah. 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 Fuck. I'd have that stuff out all the time. Like that'd be what I'd show them. Like, I'm here for the kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually taking like a self-defense class too. Um, cause I would like to, you know, know how to like, you know, if they're coming after me, I would love to know, you know, like some little tricks to, uh, I, I think that, you know, like everybody says like, you know, if it came down to it, I could do it, you know, but at the end of the day, no, like couldn't. they're going to be bigger than me. No. And no, you can't. That's, yeah, can't that's be the nice. biggest, yeah. that's the biggest, uh, misconception that people have. Cause, uh, yeah. I do jujitsu in the off season right now. We're in hunting season at seven days a week, but, um, uh -huh. you know, you hear that guy that's like, Oh, I, if I get into a street fight, I'll just see red and you know, I, my body will take over. <laughs> no, your body will just crater. If you go up against somebody yeah. that knows what they're doing, you're screwed. You're screwed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What, what yep. uh, uh yep. what are you taking? What, what classes? Uh, it's a self-defense class. It's actually at a jujitsu. It's a, what is it called? Um, uh, something it's like a martial arts place yeah. here um but she has like there's a lady in there that does like for women she's a she, i think she's a cop as well but she does like it's a self-defense class for women um but that's kind of what she teaches is like you know how to like take them down or you know like the little tricks yeah. you know that that would be nice to know yeah so. absolutely yeah you gotta take i mean yeah. you gotta protect yourself out there yeah. because absolutely i mean you hate to you hate to be the but i mean there a lot of it's animals in a lot of these areas mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, absolutely. it's kill or yeah. be killed absolutely. for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I know. Absolutely. 
Yep. I'm not naive for sure. No, you can't <laughs> so, be. Yeah. What? Yeah. Luckily, it doesn't come up very often, though. It really no, doesn't. No, I, I know um, it. You know, I know it doesn't. Time. But it's still yeah. just... I'm I'm always like a glass half empty kind of guy, so I'm like if it can go wrong, yeah. it will go wrong for me most of the time. So yeah. it's like I'd I'd get robbed the first day I tried to deliver diapers. <laughs> well, yeah. that's day one, I'm getting yeah, my rims definitely. taken off. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's you just have to have your guard up, and um, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, I know I've, I've got God's got it, and I know He's He's protecting me. So do they? Um, what I what I have to know. Do they call so. you twenty four hours a day? Or, I mean, how's that work? Not always. Um, I do set boundaries now. In the very beginning, I'm like, hell, we'll help any time of yeah. day. We'll do it. You know, like, all gung-ho about it. But now it's more, you know, I'm, I set boundaries. Like, you know, hey, you knew you were out of formula at 4 o'clock in the right. afternoon. Don't call at midnight and saying you need it delivered right now. Um, so I try to, like, you know, set that boundary with them. But um, at the end of the day, if, like, if you've got a mom that, you know, she spills her last can of formula and it's in the middle of the night and I know it's a legit emergency, I will. I'll go. Um and if they're, you know, a lot of moms, we, we do a lot of postpartum calls um, at, at late at night. So I will answer the phone. You know, if it's midnight, I will answer because I typically know like, okay, it's either mom in labor and she's heading to the hospital. Um, I've got all the hospital, like, the social workers numbers saved in our phone. So I know like if they're calling, I'm probably going to be getting dressed and going to the hospital and picking up kids. So um, we've had, I guess, four or five situations now. Uh, I was trying to like add them all up um, the other day because I was trying to figure out like how many times has this happened? where we go pick up a kid from the hospital and we don't know if the mom's actually going to make it. And so um, the very first time we had that happen, I didn't get the mom's name. I forgot to get the little girl's name. So I left this cute little girl. She's smiling at me. She doesn't talk yet. She's two. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot to get her name. And I don't know the mom's name. So I had to call the hospital back and I'm like, I didn't get anything signed. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who this is. I forget. And they're like, her name is Zoe. Um, and she was so cute. Um, but yeah, it was kind of our first, like, I was like, crap, I got to remember to do that. Um, but yeah, we have like forms, you know, that they can sign, but a lot of times we can't get that signature. Um, so we do a lot of just, you know, we live in the gray area. It's just like, we got to do whatever is necessary to get that kid to safety or, you know, let that mom handle her, you know, medical emergency. So, um, and that, you know, that could be for a married woman or a single mom. So that's the thing about this. It's not just low income families that we help. It's all income. You know, I don't, I don't ask any questions. Like it's just, if you need it, you know, here we are. Um, but, you know, if, if they're married, heaven forbid, their husband wants to be in the delivery room with them and they need somebody to watch their two-year-old. So we have a lot of military as well that, you know, just moved here and they don't have that village yet. Um, but back to the, like the postpartum calls, like that's, that's the number one that I don't, I mean, like I said, I don't take that lightly um, with the suicide factor. Like these moms, like they need to be on medication and it's a real thing. I, I never experienced postpartum, thank goodness. But I've had a lot of friends that have and like one of my best friends, like I didn't talk to her for a whole year after she had her baby. And so it, and she's always one that's like loud and happy and, you know, and, and she just wasn't that way. And she said, you know, later after the fact, like I, I contemplated going and, and, you know, driving, you know, on the railroad tracks and, and that's how she truly felt. And it's not their fault, you know, like they, it's, it's really, really tough. So um, I didn't really realize like the magnitude of that until I started doing this. Um, and again, it's not like, oh, I don't want my baby. I don't like my baby. It's, I, I'm not right in the head. And so in those moments, that's whenever, you know, you see these news stories and you're like, how could that mom do that? Or how could the husband not see that? They don't see it um, typically. And so uh, whenever I try to post about that a lot um, to where it's comfortable, they could talk about it. Um, and we do take it, it seriously. So if they've, you know, if they've been up, especially if you've been up for like several nights yeah. and you're not getting any sleep, the baby's screaming a lot, 
Um, you know, typically it's just, oh, they need to change formula or that, you know, they've got gas or something, you know, most people can kind of decipher that, but when you're in that headspace, you can't like, so you don't know, like, you know, you don't know like what you're even doing. And so that's when the abuse happens or, you know, like they kill the baby, you know, it's just in themselves. And so we try to prevent that for sure. Um, and those are the ones I, I can hear it in their voice and I'm, I drop what we're doing and I don't care if we have kids here, whatever we're doing, I, I go to them. Um, we had a mom that, that quarterly rescues. Um, he was so cute. He's still one of my favorites, but, um, I was at my son's birthday, uh, we were eating and she called and she said, I I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, what did she say? Um, I don't have a bond with this one. That's what she said. And I thought that was wow. odd how she said it. Um, yeah. And, and, but she's, you know, typically like she's been a good mom. She's been, you know, broke a lot. You know, she's been asking for diapers for years with every kid, but she's never really like said that. And so I'm like, what do you mean? Is he crying a lot? And she was, and she sent me a picture of him. She was like, I'm drinking a lot today. I'm like, okay, where are you at? Um, I need baby cuddles is what I said. And I was like, I need baby cuddles anyway. My, you know, my son, he's, we're at his birthday and he's, he's been a jerk to me, 17, you know, mm. um, I missed that baby stage. And so I'm just, I kept like that conversation going with her <clears throat> and tried to, um, you know, just try to make her feel comfortable. Um, and so I went immediately got him. Um, and, and she, she told me she was going to commit suicide. Wow. So, um, yeah. So, okay. Hold yeah. on a couple things with this. How many babies had she had that she asked for diapers Four. Four before that. How yeah. many same dad, different dad? Mm, that, yeah. At that point. Yes. She has another one now with another, but yeah. Yeah. Typically they're different. Um, but yeah, they just keep having them. Uh, and I've seen that like the pattern, um, not going to get off into that subject too much, but, um, everybody knows how I feel about it, but you know, like the abortion laws, um, you know, they can't have an abortion and, um, it's a, we're seeing a lot more babies right now. Um, so we're kind of turning into not adoption agency by any means. That's not what we're trying to do, but we are connecting the families. Um, if they don't want this child and we are connecting them, we're, we get messages every day from people like wanting to adopt a baby, you know, and, and, you know, we try not to push it. Obviously we're not trying to push that by any means, but we, we do tell them that like, Hey, this is here. Um, the sad part, like, especially in Oklahoma, I don't know, like in Texas, I know each state's different, but like the laws are so backwards because like, if I have a two-year-old, um, it goes back to the little girl, Athena, I think it's her name, um, out of Lawton area surreal, I believe. Um, she, you know, was with family members and she was abused and starved. And, and I think she died of like pneumonia, but, um, she had this horrible life, but you can't surrender your child, um, without getting like charges put against you, which I feel like is wrong. Um, I feel like if you don't want your child, you should be able to surrender them. So I'm going to try to change that law eventually. Um, but maybe call it Athena's law or something, but yeah, like that's the thing that's backwards right now is like, they can't, so if they've got a two and three year old and it's too much for them to handle, that's why they end killing them because like they, and um, you know, they think they're going to get away with it, I guess, but they don't, there's not a way you can just go and say, Hey, take my child and DHS will not take them. Like they will not, like, you're going to get charges pressed against you for abandonment. You're going to go to jail. They know that. And so it's just so sad. And um, these families, you know, that end up with these kids and then they end up, you know, hurting them. That's typically why. Um, so I'm going to try to change that eventually. Um, but we do keep that open with them. Like, Hey, there are options. Um, so we've had it happen twice where we, we connected them to a family. Uh, one of the little girl was three and then the little boy was, was a newborn. Um, where the mom, um, typically I think it's up to seven days is I think the law that you can surrender your child after seven days or years. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you get charges. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's definitely wrong, obviously. That's a weird. So, why would they, um, why would they, yeah. why, why is there a law yeah. like that? I mean, you know, 
I don't. I, don't. I think, I mean, yeah, I obviously think that you should be able to drop them off at any age. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just how it is. That's how the, the laws are. And so um, I try to, again, try to keep that, that conversation with them and they know like we're open, you know, like we're going to try to help them no matter what. Um, you know, if it's, I've got a mom right now that we're connecting her to another family and she has three. Um, and she told me, she said, I can't handle this next one. I'm, I know I'm not going to be able to do it. I want to give this baby a life um, that they deserve. But not only that, I want these kids that I have in my, you know, in my care to have a better life and it's going to affect them. And so I appreciate her for, you know, being honest about that and, and having the courage to go to me and say that. And um, so I'm actually connecting them um, this week and they're going to have a conversation. She's having the baby little girl um, in January. So that way there's no abuse that's taken place. She's not on drugs. She's a good mom. She's trying. She's really trying. And I know she is. Um, and so, you know, she's one that she doesn't abuse this. She doesn't come every month and get diapers. Like she just asks whenever she needs it. And I know she's trying, she's actually working, which I love. Um, you know, we love to see that, but you know, that's, that's so, you know, I think I, I respect her, you know, for saying like, I can't do it. I can't do it again. And you know, yeah, I got pregnant. shouldn't have, but at least, um, give this baby a chance. So, um, they know that like, we're here to help support them in any way we can. And, um, so we try to do no. So. Here's my th- like. It's not hard to not get pregnant. That's the that's the. Ba- mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like that. The technology's not out there that could stop an unwanted pregnancy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know. I know. You know I you're know. poor. You know they you're broke like, because they didn't have a, a ride. Yeah, like I didn't have a ride to go get birth control. What are you talking about? Like, I mean, get a ride to go get pregnant. It, I mean, yeah. it's just it's yeah. it's it's all so yeah. frustrating. Every, <laughs> I mean, me. it's just like. You know, there's condoms yeah. and they're cheap, and you know, yeah. if if you are poor, you can go to Planned Parenthood and they'll put you on the pill for free. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's all these resources yeah. out there. But mm-hmm. now we're having they can find the resources after the fact, but not like before. That's what I'm like. Why? Yeah, I know. <sighs> I wish I could give out you know birth control and condoms. I mean, I guess I can give out condoms with diapers. I guess yeah, I could do that. Yeah, but yeah. Like, hey, it, there's a little goodie yeah. bag in there for you. <laughs> to, yeah. If you don't want more <laughs> diapers, I need to add that. Use the condoms. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if you're going to get diapers, you got to take Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. No, I trust me. That's, I'm, I just, oh, is sex it ed? So Do they not have sex like, ed in Oklahoma? Do, Do they not have sex ed in Oklahoma? They do. Um, the They're thing is, okay, to. what I've learned is, though, these women, like, they want that attention from the right. guy. And whether it's, you know, a good guy or not, like, to them, that's what they want. And that mind frame, you know, like, they're trying to keep that guy. Right. So they think getting pregnant, um, you know, yeah, there's mistakes, you know, that happen. <laughs> and they, you know, uh-oh. But most of the time, like, it's they're not trying to prevent it. You can't tell me they are. Right. Uh, they have four back-to-back, you know, every year in Obviously, you know, it's tough. Obviously, you know, it's, it's going to hurt you more financially. Um, but, you know, they get more money for right. that. And I, don't get me on that soapbox. But um, I think it should be, you know, limited. Like, okay, six months, you're on, you're on you know, food stamps for six months, and that's it. And if they knew that, then they would, you know, try to better themselves. But instead, we're penalized if we make more money. And, uh, yeah, don't get me started on that one. We, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. but that is like they have incentivized mm-hmm. being a single mother. Mm-hmm. The government has. Yeah. It's really, You yeah, know, the more children really you have the bigger your paycheck's going to be each month. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't even start on that I, one. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> abortion is wrong. It, it's clearly mm-hmm. wrong, but, mm-hmm. but 
Mm-hmm. You cannot tell me that some of these women that are forced into having these kids, mm-hmm. that it's a better scenario. You know, I'm, I know. I mean, and, and for the ones that are here, right. you know, that's what I always say. Like we, we support the ones that are here, um, any way that we can. And that's kind of why I say that because, you know, yeah, at the end of the day, no, I'm not saying, yeah, go get an abortion. Right. I think it's great. No, but at the same time, like if that's better for you and your situation and, and these kids that you have right now, it, it is what it is, you know, it's, um, so yeah, it, we live in the gray area and, and I know I've gotten, you know, crap for that, whatever, but, um, it, it is what it is. It's, you know, these kids are going to suffer more and that you have in your care already. And this child, like you said, did not ask to be brought into this right. world and they're going to be, you know, this horrible life, you know, ahead of them. And it's not fair. Um, well, it's not only yeah, that, it's it, just, it's, it's, you know, when you bring a child into that world, then they, you know, you might you might have three or four more generations of just a cycle of shit before you finally have somebody that break that says no, I'm not going to do this for um for my children. Like, you know, because yeah. they see their parents start working the system, and they're like, well, I don't have to go get a job. I can just have kids. Like that. That's my job. And they all live in that same complex. You yes. know, like they, I've got one family. They've lived there for like ten years, and I'm like, how? Right. How are they? And like, how are they okay with that? Like, they don't have they don't have um air conditioning in this yeah. apartment that they live in. And I'm like, and, you know, their girls are older now and one of them's pregnant. And so she reached out to me, you know, but that was one of my first outreaches that I went to this apartment complex and the one that you can't deliver food. But I'm like, you don't have air conditioning in your unit. Like, how have you lived there for over 10 years? Like, since I've known you for over 10 years, like, how are you comfortable with that? Like, I don't get it. And like, how do you survive? Like not having a job for that long. I just don't get it. Well, the, 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 we've got places here, three generations of families. They live in the same apartment Mm -hmm. complex. Grandma, mm-hmm. yeah. mom, babies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. It, right. I would, mm-hmm. I, I would bang my head up against the wall if you, you, you have clearly. <laughs> I mean, you've got a one way ticket to heaven in my mind because I mean, I would just <laughs> I appreciate it. Some of these things. <laughs> there are days. There, are, I have my days for sure. Um, you know, and that's the the ones that are tough. You know, is giving the kids back right, to you know, right. like, like I said, the oh. quarterly rescue is what I call them. But those are so hard to give the kids back because you're like, you know, that that is not a good situation. You know, the mom doesn't care. You know that the you know, even if the mom does care, like you know that that child's not going to be taken care of the right way. So most of these moms will like use the kids because they'll post on Facebook groups like, "Hey, I need diapers for my babies," and by the way, I also need food for myself, right. which is stupid. Um, you know, and, and especially at Christmas time, I'm seeing these same ones. So it's funny because we, we have kind of a filter. Like we know the same ones that kind of abuse these systems all year round. And so those are the ones we're not going to help them at Christmas. Right. Sorry, we couldn't get to yeah. you. Um, hate to be like that, but it's true. And so I always like, you know, looking on these Facebook groups and I'm like, don't help that mom. Please right. don't help that mom. Like she doesn't even have any kids anymore. They're taken in custody. She doesn't even have her kids. Like she has no kids at her house. So do not give her presents for these kids that she has. And, um, I always tell people, like, don't don't give them, like, random families money unless, you know, like, you go and meet them in person maybe or something. But even then, like, you're not going to really see, like, the actual situation. So um, I always say, like, give to the organizations because they typically know, you know, most of these, um, you know, nonprofits in in, the, in each area, like, they kind of know the same families that abuse things. And, and they know, like, whenever they get their kids taken from them because they will tell them, like, hey, I got my kids taken from me. I need beds um, to get them back. So... I'm like, okay, well, you don't have your kids um, with you. And, and, and they're, maybe they're trying to get them back. That's one thing. You know, I, we know the ones that are, like, really close to reunification. Yeah, we'll help you with some gifts because you're going to take them to them. We know that. Um, so, yeah, I, I would suggest giving to organizations rather than individuals for sure. Has there yeah. ever been a scenario where you cared for a kid and then the kid went back to the mom and, and tragically, like, lost his life or anything? 
Um, no, I haven't had any, um, no, 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 no deaths, but yeah, definitely abuse. Um, we've seen it, um, because we typically would help like the foster parent, like that's kind of how we got introduced to that situation. And then we try to like help that, the parent whenever they go back. Uh, and so, yeah, we've heard from like foster parents, like, Hey, we're getting that kid again because they were abused again. So yeah, we've seen that happen, but yeah, no deaths yet. Um, you know, we try to, it's hard to gauge like, okay, what's the outcomes? Like what, what are our, um, you know, at the end of the year, you know, you usually have like a newsletter and say like, okay, this is how many lives we saved, or this is how many, you know, we can't really say like, okay, we saved this baby's life, but we know we did because they're still here. Um, so it's really hard to kind of like get our, you know, statistics. We, we have like the number of kids we help and, um, but yeah, most of the crisis nurseries, they, they kind of gauge like, oh, the stress level of the parent was this much better, you know, whenever they left the nursery. I'm like, well, they can go get in traffic and get in a bad mood right. again. You're like, they're going to get stressed again when they leave here. So it's really hard to like kind of, you can't gauge it by that for sure. Um, so we just kind of have like different ways that we kind of, you know, do our outcomes. But we know at the end of the day, like it's it's definitely, you know, saving these kids' life. It, and we know it yeah. is. So. Well, you're doing amazing work out there. Give people Thank your you. website or your Facebook group. And if, if anybody yeah. wants to help one more time and, and uh, we'll start yeah. wrapping this up. Thank you so much. Yeah. And um, especially, like I said, this time of the year, it's definitely needed. And um, we are helping um, some families in Wichita Falls as well. And um, we've got a couple in like Duncan, Lawton area. So we kind of, you know, we do help at Ardmore. We've got one family in Ardmore that I know we're going to help. But uh, we do try to help, you know, like if we can, if we know somebody that like lives, you know, or that's going to go travel to another area, we do help other areas too. Um, and we've been known to to send diapers for sure. But um, our Facebook is um, OK City Crisis Nursery. Um, and then uh, crisisnurseryokc.com is our website. And um, so we try to keep, you know, all that up to date. Um, typically, you know, our Facebook is our, our kind of our number one um, that we get, you know, requests from and that we also, you know, send out information. So perfect. Um, well, yeah, thank you so absolutely. much for coming on here. And I hope uh, I hope us. a lot of people help out after this. Thank you. So Merry much. Christmas. Thanks. Have a good day. You Bye. too. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, Jeff had to step out. He's having um He's been having some health issues, and they have got him scheduled for a stress test uh, today at 1.15, so he had to step out earlier. But, um, yeah, great podcast. If there's any way that you can help this organization or a local organization in your town, please do. Um, Christmas time, you know, it's supposed to be a magical time of year, and there's just a lot of people out there struggling right now. But if there's, you know, and you might be one of those families, but... Um, if there's any extra resources that you have, find somebody to help, um, you know, make, make Christmas time special for a lot of these kiddos. And, um, it's a tough time out there. We got to help each other. We got to look out for each other and, uh, be there when we can. So if there's an organization or something that you can help out, please do. And, um, yeah, that's basically it. Jeff went to go get his stress test. So hopefully we'll have some answers, uh, on, that front here in the coming days and uh yeah that's pretty much all we got here so take care of one another out there play nice and uh have a merry christmas go check out our sponsors go check out dirty duck coffee shin gear looking glass podcast uh dive bomb industries specific calls boss shot shells mlr gla- graphics uh lucky duck ducks unlimited double t british kennels mossberg sandfield outfitters hemp hill farm got lou on cbd brand new dog and alp outdoor specialties <laughs>